from Rochester, New York, the home of Cobbs Hill, Abbott's Frozen Custard, and thousands of amazing nerds, this is FC3 Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. Starring Tanya Metris, Billy DeTori, and I myself, Chris Frank. Coming at you in stunning 1080p, Technicolor. And now, let's get into it. Let's have some fun. I am your host. I am Chris. And let's get to the monkey business. <laughs> Monkeys! <laughs> monkey! Are we having fun yet, folks? I saw this cutest video yesterday uh-huh. on Facebook about this little teeny tiny baby monkey that someone has as a pet. Okay. And, and it was, he was adorable. <laughs> adorable. My my favorite one is the one that's been viral for a few weeks now, where the two toddlers see each other on the sidewalk and they oh, go and running, they to, each running to each other. They run in the to the big hug. That's been like that's my that's my life right there. I love that one. I love that one a lot. Who do we have in studio today? Billy, Billy. Hi, Chris. I'm eating an apple. Happy day, Billy. That's a good one. I like that. What happened that. to those Kit Kats? I decided I shouldn't eat the whole bag again. <laughs> <laughs> Were you sick last time? <laughs> Not sick, but. I realized I shouldn't eat a whole bag of Kit Kats. We were questioning our life choices. (laughs) How about you, Tiny Fabulous? How are you doing over there? I'm doing pretty good. Are we having fun today? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping for another Niners win. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck with that. (laughs) All right. And um, hey, the Bills pulled it out one weekend. So yeah, anything's miracle. I mean, of course they haven't won anything since. But anyway, no. Uh, (laughs) So who else is in the studio today? We got Tony. Tony, Tony. what's going on? Tony's here. Hi, I'm here. What's going on? How you doing over there, man? I'm doing pretty good. Are we Uh, having fun yet? Yeah, I'm a bit stuffed up because allergy season. Oh yeah, uh, that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. uh, Doing pretty good. My uh, niece started walking uh, last week. Nice. So I'm excited. She's hoofing it. Your yeah. life as you know it is over. Oh, or, the, <laughs> or your sister's worse. life it's, is... Yeah, it's worse for her sister. Sister-in-law's... Sister-in-law, uh, sister-in-law. Yeah. yeah. Everything up out of reach now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In, including everything. You know. And making his studio debut with the Monkey Business crew, our blogger-in-chief, Mr. James Irish. Man, that guy owes me money. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, folks, it is good to finally be back on something resembling radio. Absolutely. In an actual radio studio. Last, I have not done something like this since college, so... Where'd you go to school? Uh, SUNY Fredonia. Okay. Incredible radio program there mm-hmm. when I was I up remember. there, headed up by Mr. Dan Bergeron. Shout out to him. Big Dan. And, yeah, I, I, I did classic rock and R&B uh, every Thursday. I cut my teeth on college radio when I was at Fisher. I didn't do much of it when I was in Brockport because I was so busy with everything else. But, yeah, definitely. College radio is the way to play. That's that's so much fun there. And I always recommend anyone that ever went to Fredonia, see the Marx Brothers movie Duck Soup because it takes place in the country of Fredonia. Oh, ah, brilliant. Hell Fredonia. Movie. Oh, very nice. Very, very nice. All right. That should be a subject someday if... We- if we think Marx Brothers? people would be interested oh, in yeah, it. Oh, yeah, we'll do Marx Brothers podcast. Especially their movie Monkey Business. That, that is the name of this show. I'm telling you, it's like a natural fit. Mm-hmm. All right, so Tanya, what are we doing today? Um, We are going to do a small little piece on um our favorite song or piece of music. Yes. And then... Um, and we will we will graciously go through honorable mentions, too, yes, because I know you were uh, having a hard time just no, picking well, I was, one piece out. I this morning. I'm just like, oh. One song? One, I can't pick just one song. I, yeah, no. It's like a bag of Lay's potato chips. You can't eat just one, you mm, know? Potato well, chips. Oh, <laughs> either that or it's a Snow White tie-in. One song. Oh, no. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. And then, and then after the... <laughs> 
And then after we talk music, what are we doing today? Um, well, we're going to talk Jim Henson um, and all things Henson and Muppets, and that's why I well, think that's why, J- why James is here. James is so excited to be here because he's like one of I the ultimate Henson homework. people. Yeah, no. he's actually currently he has a. a a uh, Kermit the Frog. frog. Uh, he's got his Kermit right the Frog now. T-shirt and on. And if you he's look closer, you'll see the entire cast in here. Oh yeah, he's got. Yeah. Oh yeah, look at all yeah, the caricatures in there. Well, yeah, that I was... see Piggy. I see Kermit. I see Fozzie. Wow, that Animal. is so cool. Sorry, yep. and tongue. I wish I'd planned ahead. I have a Guy Smiley T-shirt, but it's uh, in my laundry. It's in my dirty laundry. Uh. We'll talk more about this when it comes time to the, the longer segment later. But my my all time favorite episode of the of the Muppet Show was when James Cagney was on. Or not James Cagney, excuse me, Jimmy Coburn. Uh, Jimmy Coburn. And the, and Jimmy Coburn, which who he did a whole lot of movies as the tough guy, and he bonded with Animal, and they were like... Animal. They were inseparable for the entire episode. It was hilarious. It's like one of my favorite all-time it, Muppet and movies. And it's funny, Muppet. because James had mentioned this and, and sent me stuff on Messenger, whatever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't my Facebook feed start pulling up like Mark Hamill and stuff in regards to being on The Muppet Show? Oh, right. And I'm just like, what? But, but more on that later. <laughs> yes. So. I'm just like, okay. <sighs> so we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about music. Woohoo. Okay. Here we go. So that's a thing. This is badass. I'm loving this. Oh yeah, I'm in. I'm all in on this one. This this might actually be the opening music for season five. I'm just saying. I, I might switch it on season five for this one. A lot of that down-tuned guitar. But won't it be overplayed? I don't care. <laughs> the outtake music has been overplayed for three years. Yes, but we got rid of that. <laughs> So, yeah, music be the food of love, as Shakespeare once wrote a long time ago. I believe that was Twelfth Night. Um, if music be the food of love, then play on. So that's you the, wrote that Twelve Nights ago? Twelve, Yeah, that's... <laughs> wow. <laughs> no. The Twelve no. Nights of Shakespeare, miss. Um, so, I mean, and, and like, like, Billy, you are like my music guy, you know, because you have just, you are so into the scene, and, and you and Weez could talk about music all the time. I listen to your Sunday show often. And you, you pick up some of the, the coolest, most obscure things sometimes. And I also try and play <laughs> some hits or more recognizable right, right. stuff because those are great songs. for they, they were hits for a reason. Yeah. People like them, and there's a lot of great, great songs. People that say, oh, there's no good music nowadays. No, there's always been yep. great music. There always will be great music. You just have to there's find There's always it. something you'll like. You just have to know where to look or know who to ask, and they'll point you in the right direction. So uh, these kids just don't know what music is. Well, it's I'm saying I'm because you and I are Tony. We're from different generations. Completely different generations. You know, so my I'm looking forward to hearing what your favorite song is. Oh yeah. And so I'm going to go to you first. Uh, we're today, so this session. Put so, Tony on the spot. Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> well, I can't fire him anymore. It's kind of boring. Um, sure, we can. I lost ratings last week. Anyway, no. Because um, you fired him? Yeah, because I fired him twice. Um, so now, see, now I have to figure out where I'm planning this episode to throw it in so I can actually fire him twice the episode before. But anyway, um, 
the magic of radio. Uh, no, but seriously, I mean, the, the thing is, is we've talked about so many things we like when it comes to comic books and sci-fi and movies and things like that. But we need to do more with music because music is just such an amazing, it's it's an entity and a creature all into itself. It's universal. It is. It's, it, it is a language all of its own. So, Tony, what's your favorite song, Tony? Uh, I got a couple. You got um, a couple. We'll start with one and then I'll we're going to talk about all of our honorable mentions. Uh, it's uh, Destruction um, by a local band. Uh-huh. Um, Making it harder to find. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, the name of the band? Damn if I can't remember it. That's a great uh, name. Oh, that damn makes it impossible to find. Damn if I can't remember it. That's, he's, that's how much he loves it. He's that's frantic. how much he loves that's it. That's amazing. He's what the, an endorsement. He's the only person who's actually ever heard the song. Uh, he's frantically typing on his phone right now. Are you trying to find it? Yeah, I'm. I'm okay. uh, I, you know what? Joy gonna, Wave. That's the one. Uh, Joy Wave. Yeah, they. Uh, my. Uh, wow! I just pulled up Destruction song and bam! Joy Wave on YouTube was the very first well. You're thing clever. That came that's up. why I am. Yeah, it's uh, actually a really good song. Um, they're from around here. Yeah, they're from. Uh, they the lead singer graduated from like Canandaigua. Nice. Oh, uh, interesting. He uh, actually, my brother knew him. <laughs> they weren't friends, but he knew him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he's, he had a place on like one of the Tonight Shows. Did, did you find it, Billy? I found the. Uh, it looks like they have a, produ- a professionally produced video Origin, for it. Origin, Rochester, New York. So yeah, they. Yeah. Uh, Is it Daniel Arbor? That's the one. Oh, I've heard this. Yeah, you've heard it. <laughs> there was like a week or like a couple months where they played this nonstop on the radio. Yeah. They played at Coachella. This is a good song. Yeah. I'm liking the, the, the jam of it. Instrumentation's pretty creative. The nice thing about this band is a lot of their songs sound kind of similar to this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of variation, which makes it really nice. So. It looks like they're a high energy live band. Oh, yeah. They look I've... like a lot of fun to, to watch and. Yeah, I, uh, the club. they were actually on uh, RIT campus for Fall Fest a couple years back. I went to see them. Um, really awesome. Uh, they uh, started off with like a bunch of like old CRT TVs on stage and uh, like uh, fog generator and those. Uh, the way they they actually opened with this song, and the uh, different CRTs would come on with like the uh, initial like drop. Mm-hmm. Like, duh, and like you get all the CRTs. Um, it was really cool. Tony's pick for Song of the Millennium. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, and there's girls kissing in the video. Ooh. I like that. I'm not sure why. Because they're not kissing me. That's kind of sad. But anyway, moving on. Hey, Tanya. Yes. Shall we? Shall we ask? Billy? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that was so clever. I, I, I'm going to say, I'm actually going to give you my answer. Go for it. I, I do have one. Uh, well, just my goodness, imagi- Tanya. I'm telling you. Just my imagination running away with me by the Temptations. Oh, Ooh. there's a classic. Eddie Kendrick's Eddie. swan song with mm. the group. <laughs> and I, I, I'm going to play part of it because there's specific... Like um, key uh, cues in it that okay. I really love. 
And this is a live version, so I don't want to play that. I want to play <laughs> the, uh, the real version. Let's see. The this studio version. The studio version. Here we go. I mean, just listen to the sw- the little guitar, mm-hmm. followed by the harmonies, four part harmonies. Brilliant bass by Melvin Franklin. The, the little xylophone thing in there. Mm-hmm. Can you hear if it? any of it goes away, the song's not the same. Each day my window, a beautiful, just falsetto uh, lead vocal that James mentioned. But one of my favorite things is coming up in just a second during the uh, chorus of the song. Okay. Harp. Yeah, no, seriously, there's a harp in there. It's truly a dream come true. If you notice when they bring up just my imagination running away with me, the violin makes a little running noise. Okay. Yeah, I hear that. Just, 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 I don't think like I ever noticed that before either. And I love that. For it's little things like that all throughout the song. That's cool. And there, there's a noise coming up, and it might not be for a while. But you know those click clacks that uh-huh. used it. It there's a sound in here that just sounds like the little click clacks that you used to play with when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Now, like on the drums here, just the drummer. Just hitting the rim of the drum with his drumstick, mm-hmm. keeping the rhythm. I just think this thing is perfect vocally, instrumentally, everything about it. This song is perfect. That is a great song. It is. That's a classic right there. There may be songs that <clears throat> I'll sing along with more, mm-hmm. or and that's get, that. That's Temptations. This is Temptations, but I just mm-hmm. think this song is perfect. So this is my choice. This is my favorite song believe. ever. I mean, I could just I can imagine like mm-hmm. laying out in the backyard on a summer day with the the headphones on, listening to this, and just drifting off, just letting the just letting the imagination just wander around. Very and if memory listening. serves me right, this mm. was one of their four number one hits. Can okay, you, I'm, <laughs> we're gonna I'm gonna take your word for that on that one, James, because I when it comes to music trivia, am lame. I am lame. Billy on will that kick one. our ass. <laughs> so, it's very That's easy listening. Great. That's good stuff. Mr. Irish, sir, yes. how about your selection for this particular conversation? The selection I have is actually going to be very similar to Billy's in that it is a very laid-back, chill R&B song with a lot of rich harmonies. Mm-hmm. It is the title track from the album All Day Music by War. Okay. All right. Uh, you actually probably heard it last time we were at 585 Burger Bar because I brought it up on the jukebox. Yes. that's what. Because uh, whenever I hear War, I think of War. war. The, you know, what? The Edward Scar song. Right. But, you know, the band Not War is yeah. something entirely different. Yes. The band War had hits like Cisco Kid. Yeah. Lowrider. Lowrider. Me and Baby Brother, Why Can't We Be Friends, and their collaboration with Eric Burden, Spill the Wine. Don't spill the wine. Drink the wine. No. Yep, I remember you playing this the other day. Yep, I remember. I love the fact this was on a jukebox. Well, it's one of these modern jukeboxes where you could access an entire library of thousands of CDs. Ah. Out of all the funk and R&B bands of the 70s, 
War had some of the best vocalists of the bunch. Did you go see them when they played uh, recently at uh, Party in the Park, right outside my window here? Mm, if only. Even though there's only one original member left in the touring incarnation of War, keyboardist Lonnie Jordan, um, the rest of the surviving members are now touring as the Low Rider Band hmm. for legal reasons. It's a long, complicated story. Well, I'm sure most of the music industry is these days. Yeah. All right, Tanya, you going to pick a song from uh, Fleetwood Mac yet? No, actually, I'm not. I kind of was wondering. No, I mean, yeah, of course, Fleetwood Mac is one of my favorites, but that's one of your um, favorites, yeah. I have to go back to the like '80s. It's like I, okay. I, I, I haven't like moved out of the '80s. It might be tw- 2019, but well, your hairstyle did. It's very nice and yeah, modern. Well, it's clean. Yeah, it's all good. It you don't have you day. don't have the awning. On your no, head. it was fun. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day at work about, <laughs> about the Aquanet and things like that. And there mm-hmm. is a bottle, a, a can of Aquanet that is, in our, I still find our, that an attractive hairstyle. upstairs. That's hilarious. I don't think I can get my bangs that high anymore. But no, I'm like one of the ones that I always like love to hear um, is Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, wow. By Bonnie Tyler. Okay. And it just, just, it's one that I just, anytime it's on the radio, I don't care where it is. I'm like going to turn it up and I'm going to start singing. And as everyone knows. Just because I can't sing doesn't mean I won't, won't sing. sing. And I've got. To, You're and, not that bad. No, I've heard I you sing on several I, and occasions. I, and it depends on the the range. I mean, I can't hit those really really high notes. Right. But Neither can I. I just like the like raspiness. Mm-hmm. It's like got a Stevie Nicks quality to it. And mm-hmm. like that. So this is one of your favorite this songs. This is one of my favorite songs. All right. I learned Let's something. Hear you new. Sing it, Tanya. <laughs> She hasn't had enough drinks yet. Yeah. No, I have not. She needs some liquid courage. Whereas I don't. <laughs> you may not know this, and I sh- I could just look it up. Did Jim, did Jim Steinman write this song? Um, I just was looking that up. Jim yes. Steinman. He's Tony, it. come here, dance with me, baby. <laughs> he he wrote most of Meatloaf's. Just don't yeah, put your hand on my ass this time. Allegedly, this was supposed to be given to Meatloaf. Backing away now. Backing away uh, now. Ah, get in on this, James. Come on, James. It was saying that we're um, all cuddly here. It's all good. Um, uh, Just please tell me you guys showered. <laughs> yes, According I did. to Meatloaf, no Steinman had written the right, song, written the song along with "Making Love Out of Nothing at All." For Meatloaf's album Midnight at the Lost and Found. However, Meatloaf's record company refused to pay Steinman, and he wrote the separate songs himself. So, Total Eclipse of the Heart was then given to Bonnie Tyler and Making Love Out of Nothing at All to Air Supply. Supply. Tyler's denied this claim. Meatloaf was apparently very annoyed that Jim had given it to me, Tyler stated. But hmm. Jim said he didn't write it for Meatloaf, that he only finished it after meeting me. So there Could you imagine Meatloaf singing that song? It's, I, I can. I can. Actually, to be honest with you, I can. It sounds like a Meatloaf song. It really it, does, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but then just pick pretty much any of the other 80s songs and 19, <laughs> from the 1980s. And I, There's a really, I've noticed a really large difference between the songs you guys listen to and the songs I listen to. <laughs> Well, in the, there, I'm going to get. To, I can understand the words of my songs. Well, no, I, you, <laughs> there's a lot of modern bands that sing very clearly. I don't it's want sing. Yes. It's not screech you know. and I mean, things like Joy Wave. You could hear what they were saying. <laughs> yes, yeah. I could. Like I grew up with Pink Floyd and Queen and Rush. You know, the 70s and, and the 80s. 70s, 80s bands. You know, and those are my some of my favorite bands. Collective Soul was my band in the 90s and has been for a long time. But I like a lot of the newer stuff too. Judah and the Lion. You know, I listen to them. I listen to um, uh, Monsters and Men. 
You know, and I love all of Monsters and Men. Do well, you listen to uh, AJR? Who's AJR? Uh, they sing like uh, "Sober Up" and uh, "Weak" and stuff like that. I'll check it out later. Uh, love, good old Adger. Yeah. Love I, Adger. Yeah, I love AJR. There's, there's a band. Um, it, it's not an, a, a new band because they've been around for a couple of years, but it's called Kitten, and the vibe is just so 80s. But the lead singer is just this like, she's a halfling. I think she's like five foot tops, <laughs> right? And, but she's she's just a, <laughs> okay. she's a nuclear generator. Her name's Chloe, and she's just all over the place. But the music is phenomenal. All right, so this begs my question. What's your favorite <laughs> band, uh, or favorite song? song? My favorite song yes. of all time. Oh, let me guess. In My Life? Yep, In My Life by the Beatles. <laughs> I'm consistent. No, you are, because you just posted it to Facebook a couple weeks ago. Yep, because uh, it's it's just one of those songs. The message, the the vibe, the the music, the melody, everything is just perfect in my opinion. It's This song speaks to me and has spoken to me since the first time I heard it. This song is perfect. This song needs to be in the conversation more when it comes to best Beatles song. Mm-hmm. Usually you hear Hey Jude or Revolution. Mm-hmm. Strangely not Yellow Submarine. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why. It's a fun song. It's <laughs> yeah. a great song. Though. It is. It's a song about childhood. Mm-hmm. I think it's my mom's favorite song. All these places have their moments. I was 16 years old, I think. 15, 16 years old when I first heard this song for the first time. And I remember just having it replay over and over and over again. I had to hear it again to hear every nuance of it. I had the, I had the lyrics memorized within about half an hour, which is not hard. They're not complicated. But it was just the message of it, the feel of it. This is This one sat with me for, what now, 30, 30 plus years. It's been one of my favorites. Is meaning when I think of love is something new. You know? Though I know I'll never lose affection for people and things that went before. Tanya's gotten me to sing this to karaoke a couple of times. I will belt this bastard. <laughs> Great harmony, James. Great harmony. Comes with listening to a lot of Grateful Dead. <laughs> True. when I hear this. It's, you know, it's, like I said, it's just, it hits so many different heartstrings for me. And as I grow older, I appreciate the message even more. Though I know I'll never lose affection for people and things that went before I know I'll often stop and think about them in my life. And I got my friends singing it to me, so that's amazing right there. I'm loving that. This is a fun moment for me right now. <laughs> in my life. I'm not even trying I that love one. You more. You'd need to step on my foot to get that note out of me. <laughs> Come here. I, I'm kick you into <laughs> yes, spot. I'm sure you've wanted to do that to me many oh, times. That's, that is a perfect that, that is a great song. So how much so how much do you think song. we're gonna get sued for for this song? Mm-hmm. Is a song he does that I love so basement if song? You give me just, I, I love songs with lots of words. <laughs> so and that's one of them. I'm gonna pull it up real like, quick. Like one week from uh Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah, exactly. Where Ed just goes nuts. Yeah. But th- this is just a really cool song. Here it is, basement song. Adam Ezra. That's on oh, my favorite live version too. It's cold down in the basement that I'm renting for the time. 
So tired of quiet, three more hours till the grind. When alarms are sound in unison, the sleepy town will rise to start another I day. Could with me to fin or surprise. And the weather will be this is fantastic. This is fantastic. For the excuse to complain, but the rain will sound like symphonies cascading off this town's Victorian rooms and tangles. Did the drops from morning down in my little start all soggy shoes and posted to my feet. As I stumble to the corner store to get something to eat, the cute girl at the register will smile as if to say, And we both in this together. Then she'll send me on my way. Hey, yeah. The Basement Song by, by Adam, Adam Ezra Band. Adam Ezra Group. Adam to, Ezra Group. I'm going to add this to my playlist. Absolutely. You can pretty much... Billy introduced me to the Adam Ezra Group, right? I've been listening uh-huh. to him because of him, and I can't tell you, I, I have not heard a bad song yet. He's just very prolific, very yeah. wordy. This, this is art right now. This, this is art. Smelling them in Love it. I have an edited version in my folder here because there's one F-bomb in it. Well, I want to head over to James. I want to find out some of his honorable mentions. Well, if you got me really going, I could probably be taking up the entire podcast. I'm just going to hit you up with three real quick. Fire on the Mountain by the Grateful Dead. Okay. Who did that first? Grateful Dead or Marshall Tucker Band? I think it was Marshall Tucker Band, actually. If it was Marshall Tucker Band, I'd be a little surprised because... Uh, How come you're not looking that up? That's I'm going to look up yeah. see who wrote Fire on the Mountain. I, I could swear it was one of Garcia and Hunt's songs. Maybe they gave it to Marshall Tucker first. Which actually, when you whenever you talk about Grateful Dead, that brings up one of my honorable mentions is Franklin's Tower by the Grateful oh, Dead. Oh, love that song. When Phil Lesh was here in Rochester, uh-huh. they closed the show, before the encore that is, uh-huh. with an incredible version of Franklin's Tower. Wow. But let's see, other honorable mentions would be Just About Anything by Joe Walsh. Okay. And I've Got to Use My Imagination by Gladys Knight and the Pips, which has one of the best oh. verses I've ever heard in any song. You know, it's a breakup song. Mm-hmm. The verse is, our misunderstanding is too well understood. Ooh. Ooh. Wikipedia's, it's, it's funny. All right, what do we got going on over there? We still have uh, conflict. <laughs> Wikipedia says it was written by... Robert Hunter and composed by Mickey Hart, which would make it a Grateful Dead song. However, Fire on the Mountain was a Marshall Tucker Band song on the 1975 album Searching for a Rainbow. Might and be two then, different songs of the same name. And then name. Fire on the Mountain was a Grateful Dead song, a 1978 song by the Grateful Dead. So, Or maybe it's the same song with just two different takes. And there's also a Fire on the Mel- Mountain album, a 1974 album by Charlie Daniels. Oh boy. Ooh. And Thanks, oh, James. Thanks for wrecking everything. I'll see myself out. Fire on the Mountain was an instrumental recording of the fiddle tune by Theron Hale and Daughters in 1928. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to so investigate now we're gonna have someday. to see if it's the same song for yeah. Marshall Tucker and Grateful Dead. With all that, should we I'm do just that gonna, now or in our spare time? Let's do that in our spare, spare time. time. <laughs> With all that, I'm break, just going to leave one more song. It's uh, Ho- it's a song I've been listening to a lot recently. It's uh, Hobo Johnson's uh, "Typical Story," which is really good for me. Hobo Johnson, "Typical Story." Okay, you've, you've definitely heard it if you've been listening to the radio recently. Okay, Hobo Johnson. Uh, that's that's an interesting band I name. I like the name. Hobo Johnson. Let's see. Hobo Johnson. And what's oh, wait, the name sorry. of the typical story? Typical story. First song that comes up. Let's see. It's because it says 
most popular song right now. Everybody it's loves a, it's it. A, it's a story where the kills the singer, the and the drummer oh, I d okay, I do remember hearing this one recently. Very Beckish? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And who are the guys that do the Ain't No Rest for the Wicked song? Ain't No Rest White Stripes. Wait, no, yeah. that's not White Stripes, is it? Is it? Sounds like White Stripes. Hold on. Tanya? By Cage the Elephant. Oh, Cage, right. thank you. Cage, I was, I'm having a hard time with that one. Cage the Elephant. Ain't No Rest for the Wicked. Yeah, that's a good song, too. And then my, uh, you know, we'll get ready for break in a moment, but I, I think I should at least pay homage to to two songs in particular. Mm -hmm. Comfortably Numb. Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. And A Kind of Magic by Queen. Okay. All right. Nice. Hammer to Fall is also a really good one by Queen, but A Kind of Magic is always one that, get, that rolls around in my head. We could do an entire podcast just naming Queen songs. Oh, God, like yes. Their, their catalog is so deep and varied. It is amazing. It's amazing. Something yeah. about I, I'm in love with a car. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> and I'll let you know. He's Fire, not even joking. That's a good song. Fire on the Mountain are two different songs. Okay. That's what I thought. I, I pulled Tanya up the, the research queen. I pulled up the lyrics for both of them. Very cool. And and you're sharing your Coke with Bailey today and she yes. appreciates that. Yes. Um now you're a big Fleetwood Mac, Mac fan, so I wanna but I wanna end this segment with you talking about at least one Fleetwood Mac song because it would just feel weird for this segment if you didn't. Say you love me. Say you love me. I love you. <laughs> now, what's your favorite song? Oh yeah, now what's your favorite song? Say you love me. Either, oh, either okay. landslide or say you love me. Landslide's a good one. It is a good mm. one, but I, I'm a, as much as I love Stevie Nicks, I love Christine McVie also. Mm -hmm. Christine McVie is my favorite vocalist yeah. of the group. So yeah. the when she plays, um, does everywhere, and um, say you love me, and just a couple. Mm -hmm. And I saw them in Buffalo, and I saw them in Pittsburgh. So is Rhiannon up there at all? Because that's one of my it. that's one of my favorite. Uh, the chain songs. and gold dust women are two oh, of my favorite. Chain is an amazing song. It's just ferocious. That's a great song. This is a good song for Tanya too. This is a. My dog has gone hipster. <laughs> she got a beanie. I saw a great meme a couple days ago saying, you know, Taylor Swift wrote a lot of songs about her ex-boyfriend, whereas Stevie, oh, Stevie Nicks, Nicks... hold my beer. Stevie <laughs> Nicks not only wrote songs about her ex-boyfriend, ex played, played, played guitar, guitar on them. Well, it's like Landslide, um, um, Go Your Own Way. Yeah. Um, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Now you got me We probably will get sued by Fleetwood Mac. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I can think of one way to alleviate us getting sued. All celebrity voices are impersonated. There you go. No, I mean, for uh, we're doing commentary on them, so it's I don't think we'd uh, run into legal trouble. Yeah, we're not doing this... You know, we're not making a profit off their money. We're, we're, we're doing an appreciation thread. We're talking about how much we love them. Yes, because we do. Well, that's cool. And remember, you can buy all of these songs and more on iTunes. There you go. And, and uh, Support your Amazon favorite artists. and iHeartRadio and everywhere you, where you get your music. Deezer, Spotify, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, Play the Music. The Record Archive. 
is How's the place cars? to go. <laughs> now to transition into our next topic, do you think Deezer is the preferred music platform of a doozer? <laughs> I don't know. Let's I go smell to break a segue. Find out. I smell a segue. All right. So with that being aptly said, let us jump to a break. And when we come back, we're going to switch gears and go from music to musical puppets. Okay, and uh, let's go to break with, um, I want to find some stand-up comedy that's appropriate. Uh, Let's talk about David Spade talking about his favorite rock artists and not knowing that they were gay as soon as I'd finish (laughs) um, playing Stevie Nicks. There we go. Stop it, Stevie. Stevie or Christine McVie? McVie. We still love him anyway. And let's me find my, now my comedy, and here's David Spade. Growing up, I think Queen was my favorite band. They were hot. You know, what's funny is, I didn't know bands were gay growing up, you know? I didn't know, you have no concept of that as a kid. My mom liked Liberace, I had no idea. I liked Elton John, no idea. Queen. Queen was actually helping you out. They were throwing out some hints, too. They weren't hiding. <laughs> First of all, name's Queen. <laughs> That's where 90% of the country checked in on that one. Not me. That's a cool name. <laughs> Secondly, their songs are about making out with guys. Didn't bother me. They were buttless chaps in concert. I was like, those guys get a lot of <laughs> um, They really don't. Actually, three of My them friend did. told me, I was like, what? <laughs> Wham. No idea. But if I go back and listen to those songs, I can tell. You can tell. Just listen to the words. Like that one song, Jitterbug. 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 You put your b**** into my mouth. I really hope my nieces don't listen to this podcast. I do. They should be enlightened. It'll be great. How old are they? Um, 12 and 11. Perfect. Great, a great impressionable age. For yes. I've never wanted a headbang to my podcast before. This is amazing. I am into this. Well, just don't do it too hard. We don't want those headphones flying across Well, the there's room. that. I mean, we're not worried about the brains that I have left. I am Iron Man. I would love to be you, Iron Man. That'd be amazing. Anyway. It's time to put on makeup. It's time to... Light, light the, the lights. lights. Light the lights. Oh, yeah. It's time to raise the curtain on the Muppet Show tonight. See, I've gone from being Scooter to uh, Waldorf and <laughs> in the in the balcony. Oh, Stadler and Waldorf. Stadler here. and Waldorf. Why do we always come here? I guess we'll never know. Yeah, it's so kind. Never, it's like a kind of torture to have to watch the show. Dun, 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 dun. I've actually now, never seen the Muppet started. Show. I've seen the Muppet movies, and I've seen uh, Dark Crystal and mm-hmm. other Jimens and stuff. I've never seen any of like uh, the Muppet shows or like the uh, Saturday Night Saturday Night Live skits. Mm-hmm. Did so, you grow, Gorch. Did you grow up watching Sesame Street? I did. Okay. That I do know that is Jim Henson. And that's 50 where years now. Kermit and company came from. Well, really? Kermit actually oh, was Kermit the official beforehand. first Muppet. Uh, when Jim Henson in 1955 made this abstract lizard-like fellow out of his grandmother's green coat and a pair of ping-pong balls. I'm not sure if he ever replaced the coat. 
Amazing. And that year, Kermit and the other first Muppets (coughs) debuted on a Washington, D.C.-based television variety program called Sam and Friends, named after the punch-drunk-looking Muppet of the same name. Uh It would be here where Jim would meet his eventual wife, then named Jane Nebel. Mm -hmm. Sam and Friends would run for about six years, and simultaneously, Jim got into advertising, working with local brand Wilkins Coffee in short five-second commercials that are easily found on YouTube. Yeah, those have been circulating around lately, and I did not realize that in his early career, Kermit was a homicidal maniac over coffee. I that mean, actually that was wasn't amazing. Kermit. That was Wilkins. That was Wilkins the frog? So, so, that, that wasn't even a frog. It was just an abstract Muppet. Wilkins okay. and Wonkins. Well, it, so lo- it was, was like, it? It looked like Kermit. When was this? In the in the early in the mid 1950s through to the early okay. 1960s. Okay, but because the, they say as despite Kermit often being credited as the iconic Muppet, Rolf is the actual first known Muppet star. Rolf was the first national Muppet star. He was created for Purina Dog Chow advertisements, mm-hmm. but he came to prominence on the Jimmy, Jimmy Dean, Dean show. show. Wow! In fact, at one in fact at certain points he would get more fan mail than the host. That's amazing. Hmm. Didn't know a guy that green could get the blues that bad. <laughs> it's not easy being green. It's I not easy never done being nothing green. to an onion. <laughs> so why do they make me cry? That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, so this is like a venerable hit. I mean, people... Often just think Muppets, Sesame Street, and The Muppet Show, and that's right. it. And then dun, the, dun, the ensuing dun, movies. Dun, 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 I love dun, The Dark dun, Crystal. Dun, that's Jim Henson. Dark yeah. Crystal is and amazing. Back, uh, and it's, uh, I yeah, have not seen actually, it. I've actually seen the yeah. uh, Netflix series. It's fantastic. Uh, is it? Okay, good. Yeah. That should be an entire podcast unto itself at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we're we're going to talk about that once I've had a chance to. I would be amazed if we haven't already talked about it by now. I just didn't know because we haven't recorded that episode yet. That's basically what I'm thinking is happening because people have been talking about The Dark Crystal on Netflix and. And I definitely have been jonesing to see it. I just haven't had the time. So, so are we going to throw this in before or after? Our, we I'll watch throw the whatever the hell I feel like it. I'm going to probably I'm going to throw this one probably in around Thanksgiving. I don't know. I don't know. Have turkey and and and, and listen to a bunch of turkeys. Oh, it would be appropriate for Thanksgiving since Kermit and the Sesame Street characters are fixtures of the Macy's Parade. There you go. You... See, right there with Snoopy and Superman and and all the other floats. Big Bird. Big Bird. Yep. Okay. You see, when I think of the Muppets, I think of Christmas because uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Mm, there's that. Light the and lamp, not the rat. Light, light the, the lamp, lamp, not the rat. <laughs> yeah. Now, James, you're the expert. Did uh, <laughs> they get the name the Muppets back when they were Sesame Street or it, beforehand? It predated Sesame Street. Okay. Uh, Jim would offic- would quasi-officially explain it at times. You know, he would go back and forth on this through his lifetime. But it was a com- he would say it was a combination of marionette and puppet. Oh. Because you know you had the the strings. puppet portion, and you had marionette strings and sticks to move the arms around for characters that weren't live hand characters like Rolf the dog or Cookie okay. Monster or Ernie, mm-hmm. where you where he would have to have a right hander, mm-hmm. somebody who would take the right hand of that character mm-hmm. and to to manipulate it, while the puppeteer has his right hand in the mouth and the left hand in the puppet's left hand. This is why er, so many Muppets are left handed. Okay, so. There are these small puppets mm-hmm. that are two man jobs, is what you're saying. Because yeah. there's two people, there's one guy with just working yeah. one arm. And like, the- like the Swedish chef is one of the most prominent examples of a two man job. Oh, yeah. Jim yeah, Henson, yeah, yeah. Jim Henson <laughs> did, uh-huh. the, did the mouth and voice. Uh-huh. Frank Oz Was did the hands. The hands. And they're in close quarters. Oh, yeah. You really got to like your co workers uh, in that oh, kind of a setup. Yeah. Meep, meep. You really got to like your, co- <laughs> your co workers. That's, was it Beaker? Yeah. Beaker. Me, 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 me. 
originally performed by uh, Richard Hunt. Okay. Who, on The Muppet Show at least, was also Scooter, mm-hmm. Statler, Sweetums, Janice, Wayne of the Wayne and Wanda duo from right. the first season. Right, right. And Bobby Benson, who's probably the one name on this list you might not immediately recognize. Mm-hmm. He was this balding, sunglass-wearing, skeevy-looking guy with a cigarette dangling out of his mouth. Interesting. Who conducted a, ba- a singing group of babies. It's like they tried to create, okay, who's the last person we want around a group of of, of, of zero to one-year-olds? Infants. That would be this guy. And and that would be the, and, and that's part of the subversiveness of the Muppet Show stuff. People think it's strictly for kids, but mm-hmm. Henson wanted to entertain all age groups, including the adults. Something about the Happy Fun Time murders, what? <laughs> well, he, well, he never went about it quite that far, but is that uh, the, is that the movie that came out recently? Yes, yeah. I never saw it, but I, it was like Melissa McCarthy's in that one, isn't she? Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe okay. so, yeah. That was the brainchild of Jim's son, Brian. Right, yeah. Him and co-conspirator Bill Beretta, who is the current voice of Rolf and Dr. Okay. Teeth and originated the Peppy the Prawn character. Mm-hmm. This was just something they had to get out of their system, I imagine. So how do we go from, um, I, I know you've done the research, James, so I'm going to pick your brain and see if maybe you can tell me some stuff that I didn't know. Um, how do we go from Wilkins Coffee mm-hmm. uh, to Sesame Street? Because I think that Sesame Street was long before The Muppet Show. The, the Sesame Mu- Street started in 1969. Right. Obviously brought to you by the network, by the letters P, B, and S. There you go. And, you know, it was Joan Jans Cooney basically said to the other people creating this at the Children's Television Workshop, if we're going to do puppets, we either got to get Jim Henson mm-hmm. or do or get nobody. Okay. And so there, there's a very pu- popular story. It's basically Henson or nothing at all. Yeah. Okay. And there's a very famous story where uh, some of the producers, where Jim Henson was going to the pitch meeting for Sesame Street in, mm-hmm. in this neighbor jacket. And this was in the era of like the Weathermen and these other really far left extreme groups. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, here's this bearded, hippie-looking guy suddenly walking in. And they're like, we're afraid this guy's going to blow us up. Mm-hmm. Joan Gans takes one look at him and says, no chance. That's Jim Henson. Ba-doom. There you have it. And and uh, and the legend is born. Yeah. So 50 years later now, Sesame yeah. Street. 49 seasons of Sesame Street, mm-hmm. 4,481 episodes. God bless it. That's amazing. And they have covered some ground over the years. They have And they one have, seven-foot-tall bird. Yes. They have, they have tackled mm-hmm. issues. Uh, head on, they have skirted oh, around. Absolutely. They've they've brought the world to preschool children, and and through through puppets. That's amazing. That and is amazing. My most prized possession is Sesame Street related. Mm-hmm. It is Carol Spinney's uh, biography slash uh, self help book, mm-hmm. The Wisdom of Big Bird and the Dark Genius of Oscar the Grouch. Okay, I have a first <laughs> printing copy of this sucker signed by. By Carol Spinney, the oh, that's performer phenomenal. of Big Bird and Oscar, until just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I met him a few years ago at the Niagara Falls Comic Con. Same, same as me. Yeah, I he autographed a picture for me, and you know, I saw us speak at a panel. We were probably in the same room at that same point, but didn't know each other then. So, is he one of those voice actors where, as soon as he starts talking, you can hear the character? Yeah, because I know because I know there's sort some of. mostly big bird. You don't quite hear Oscar in him. Mm-hmm. You hear more big bird in. Yeah, him. he's got to work to get at Oscar. In fact, he came up with the voice for Oscar the day they were first testing the character. Okay, he gets into a cab in New York, and the cabbie's like, "Where to, Mac?" And and, and there what? it is. That's yeah. it. So that was his inspiration yeah. for it. That's amazing. That is great stuff. 
And then so uh, Sesame Street was 69. When did The Muppets Show start? The Muppets Show started in 1977. It was in syndication. It would have started sooner, not for lack of trying. There were two separate pilots commissioned by ABC Mm -hmm. that uh, were kind of lead-ins to it. The first one aired in 1973, The Muppets Valentine Show, Mm -hmm. ironically aired in January. It established the use of guest stars. Uh, They had Mia Farrow as their guest. Oh, wow. And they also uh, introduced the reoccurring setting of Planet Coosbane, which would pop up on the show all uh, all the time. Whenever they wanted to do funny little aliens, mm-hmm. they would just go to Coosbane. Coosbane. But it didn't introduce very many characters that would have a lasting impact. I mean, Kermit was established at this point, but you had a bunch of other people who just were there and never did much else. With one exception, Crazy Harry, mm-hmm. who I always want to break into an impression whenever somebody says the word blast or bang or boom. Uh, <laughs> Did I'd somebody do, say boom? I, I'd do it now, but I'd have to go uh, into the next room to not overload this microphone. <laughs> the other one... We're, we're very grateful. Yeah, the other, the other pilot aired the next year was called The Muppet Show, Sex and Violence. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. They were uh, parodying the tendency of shows to get more violent, more sexual, and whatnot. They, mm-hmm. they would send it around... A pageant for the seven deadly sins. That's interesting. But at the same time, this was the formal introduction to most of the public of Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, the Swedish Chef, Sam the Eagle, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, who else was on that thing? Stadler and Waldorf. Gonzo? Gonzo had not been really crystallized. The puppet existed, Mm -hmm. the, the original puppet existed and was in the background of some scenes. Okay. He, he was first used on the Ed Sullivan show when they did a Christmas special, The Great Santa Claus Switch. Mm-hmm. It was simply referred to as the cigar box frackle. Not fraggle. Frackle. There's mm-hmm. a very distinct, very significant distinction. Oh, I forgot there. about fraggle rock. Yeah, absolutely. Down and fraggle rock. But, and, you know, in the first season, Dave Goals inherited this puppet to be used as some sort of daredevil character, but... Mm-hmm. Then that first season, Gonzo was such a down character because his eyes were fixed in this droopy expression, and Dave just wasn't able to get enough emotion out of it. Now, Dave was also a puppet builder, Mm -hmm. so in between seasons, he beseeched Jim, let me rebuild this guy so I can get something out of him. And then that's how the Gonzo we know and love with the movable eyelids Mm -hmm. came along. And that was also when he, that same season, he developed his infatuation with chickens (laughs) with a throwaway (laughs) ad lib line. Really? Where he's auditioning chickens for this dance number. And, Uh you know, this one chicken's a live chicken, not a puppet chicken like Camilla Uh or anything like that. He's just doing nothing. And Gonzo's like trying to encourage it, trying to encourage it. And then it finally walks off. And Gonzo just, and Dave ad libs with Gonzo. Nice legs, though. <laughs> and that was the first laugh he actually got out of the production crew. Oh, that's amazing. And in Dave's own words, he was unstoppable then. Yeah, that's it. As soon as you get your your foot in the door, it's all over. That's amazing. That is amazing. Do we have favorite Muppets here in the panel? Do we have our, our favorites? I I go. I always go back to the Sesame Street Muppets. Grover. Mm-hmm. Grover. Oscar. Grover and Oscar. And actually, there was a character that I had a puppet for as a kid that a lot of people don't remember, mm-hmm. but I wind up uh, actually rewatching some of the stuff on YouTube. Roosevelt Franklin. Roosevelt Franklin, yes. Oh, yeah. No, I remember Roosevelt. He, he represented the, the black kids, mm-hmm. but even though he was purple, but the purple was <laughs> And he of- was voiced by uh, the... Uh, the original uh, performer for uh, what's his name, um, right, prominent adult, adult human character on the street, uh, current 
played for the longest time by Roscoe Orman, bald... Uh, Gordon? Gordon, yes. He was originally p- voiced by the original Gordon. Hmm. That was his creation. Mm-hmm. And when the character was dropped for being too ethnic, the guy was heartbroken. Oh, I can imagine. And But now I, I think the time is just right to bring the character back. Is you know, because the original purpose of Sesame Street was to reach these inner city kids. Mm-hmm. We need that more than ever. Yeah, no, yeah, seriously, they need that language, that that barrier to be broken down. For some reason, Cookie Monster always annoyed me. <laughs> yeah, did, did you know that those cookie- he wasn't good at eating cookies? It just did- crumbs everywhere. Yeah, well, that guy. Th- those weren't cookies. Those were painted rice cakes originally. Huh. Because the um, oils and stuff from the cookies would get all over the. Um, uh, Muppet. Plus, if you're gonna waste anything, waste a rice cake. But not yeah, a it's, it's a it's a um, painted rice cake. Huh. Well, Interesting. And I then need, therefore, I need cookies can, now. That would explain why I do have it, chocolate like, chip cookies the way and rainbow ch- chunk mm-hmm. cookies for later tonight. Yay! I do have cookies. Yay! Yum. How about uh, how about you, Tony? Favorite Muppet? I'm not sure if I have one. Uh, Gonzo's pretty fun. Gonzo's the man. Um. Also, the the really patriotic eagle. Sam. 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 Yeah. You are all. Weirdos. <laughs> I like him. He's pretty cool. <laughs> How can you forget Fozzie? I miss Fozzie. I like- yeah. I was actually never really into Fozzie. Uh, didn't really find him that funny. Fozzie was another character that actually took a lot of t- a, a, a couple seasons to really take off because at first he was just this pathetic comedian. A sweetly insecure and absolutely terrible comedian. P- Fozzie's, the upside of Fozzie's personality, the optimism, the the cheerfulness in the face of his own lack of success mm-hmm. that actually really crystallized in season two mm-hmm. yeah he's such a bad comedian that he quote unquote can't afford to write to can't afford good good joke writers and he can't write good jokes himself huh. that's according to frank Oz. although he was always much funnier <laughs> than jokey smurf on the smurfs who only oh. had bombs those yeah. aren't funny those are dangerous <laughs> maybe for jokey they are <laughs> oh and maybe for crazy harry <laughs> kaboom Kaboom. Did somebody say kaboom? <laughs> <laughs> Tanya, got a favorite? I'd have to go animal. There he is. There's Pure the boy. Id. There's the, char- the boy. Frank Oz, for someone as intellectual as he is, always got these pure id characters. Mm-hmm. Either animal, cookie monster, various one-shot creatures. Now, for the, the for the uneducated at home, what do you mean by that? A pure id character? You know, just... Instinct and okay. drive and desire, uh-huh. just unfiltered, no, no restraint. Yeah, you know, woman, 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 <laughs> down, animal, down, back, 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 back sit, well, sit. Animal was debuted in the Muppet Show Sex and Violence. Yep, that's Amazing. where. That's where. Am he came I wrong out. that he was based on who drummer Keith Moon? There was definitely some of that in there. Mm-hmm. I can tell you for certain that Doctor Teeth was based on Doctor John. Doctor oh, yeah. John. And, and really, Janice drew inspiration from Janice Mick Joplin? Jagger. Oh, no, Mick Jagger. I thought it was Joni Jagger Mitchell. Janice was originally going to be male. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought it was Joni Mitchell was what I heard. There's possibly a little of that in there, yeah. too, when she when they tra- when they made her female. And Floyd, even though he's pink and named mm-hmm. Floyd, his last name was Pepper. Floyd so, and the outfit he wore on those first seasons Sergeant was Pepper. Sergeant Pepper out- uniform. Yeah. And so. Zoot, rumor has it, is that he was based on Ned Corman, a local music teacher. Possibly. So D- all, was... all these different genres of, mm-hmm. of basically alternative music yeah. of the age, mm-hmm. you know, all mixed together in this one band. 
That's amazing. Hmm. Well, I always loved it. The Electric Mayhem was always one of my favorite bands growing up. Well, the really band is R&B. Uh-huh. Quite excellent. Yep. It was good stuff. Very good stuff. Um, well, yeah, because I'm looking right, up so here. It says um, animal, animal. They speculate that the characters based on either Keith Moon, John Bonham, Ginger Baker, or Levon Helm. Or all of the above. Well, others have suggested McFleet. Levon Helm? Yeah, yeah of all see. the drummers, he's the one I would think would be the least Actually, crazed. you know, I can see Mick Fleetwood in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, because seeing Mick Fleetwood in concert and things like that, he is nuts. Oh, yeah. On the drums. And just, he and he's got the, the perfect animal. wide-eye expression. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's got the wide-eye expression yeah. down pat, yeah. So, so since this is inevitably going to come back over to me, my favorite, well, me picking a favorite Muppet would be like trying to pick which finger I want to sever off. Yeah, I know, it's tough. It's but tough. Uh, from the Muppet show proper, it's got to be Rolf. Okay. I love that understated, I love the puns. Uh-huh. For Sesame Street, Count Fun Count. I love Count. You know, I, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Count Von Count's original performer, Jerry Nelson, mm-hmm. the man of a thousand Muppets. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm at the Strong Museum and I'm passing through their their permanent Sesame Street exhibit, I come across that their little statue of the Count, take my hat off. There it is. Nod, Make I say salute. thank you, Jerry. And That's for some... Fraggle Rock, uh, I have to go with Boober Fraggle. Oh my God. Because... Yes. That's hilarious. But that's because of a childhood connection. Okay, tell my me. My uncle Mike uh-huh. gave me the that doll for for my birthday when I was like six or seven, mm-hmm. and it's it would it was one of the few constant plush companions of my childhood, and and I just love the voice that's that classic. Dave Bowles came up with for that character. Uh huh. Who did I not get for favorite so far? Me? You? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Well, I'm a big animal fan. Like I said earlier, you know, my favorite Muppet show episode of all time was when uh, James Coburn was on and he and Animal bonded and, and the two of them were just, they were they were just beating everyone, not, not beating everybody up, but they were just, Animal loved Jimmy Stein, Jimmy, Jimmy, you know, that was, <laughs> that was just great. And Coburn was just amused as all hell with, with Animal. But my favorite Muppet of all time is the Grandmaster himself, the almighty green one. Come Kermit. on, who this poor bedraggled soul? You know he's trying well, to he's trying to be the hurricane, the Kermit of our group. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> sitting in the eye of the hurricane, trying to hold this whole mess together, and just you could just see the look in his eye, like, <sighs> okay, here we go again. You trying know, to hurt those and, you know kids. that angry Kermit face. Yes, you know, <laughs> it's not easy being green. It's yes. not easy being green. Anyway, but yeah, the 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 man himself, the man of the hour. You know, and and I remember when when Jim Henson passed away. Everybody. 1990 went. of Group A Streptococcus. Yeah. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Doesn't My mother would have a fit. Doesn't even matter. I mean, just of strep. He died of strep. Yeah. It's terrible. And he didn't even know how sick he was. No. Like strep throat? Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Bad strep throat. The infection spread and that was it. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's I what, didn't know that. <laughs> that's what you get when you basically don't go to the doctor when you're not feeling well. So in essence, what happened. By the time he finally figured that something was wrong, it was too late. Jesus. He was he was he was just ravaged at that stage. It was over. Following Henson's death, the Steve Whitmire, who mm-hmm. you would know as Rizzo the Rat right. and Wembley Fraggle, Lips the trumpet player, the sixth member of the Electric Mayhem, mm-hmm. he took over the role of Kermit. And he had it for quite some time. He had didn't it for he? quite some time until just very recently. Your, yeah, when, I was going to say there was a fallout when di- when he and the Disney company fell out, mm-hmm. and and uh, Steve would also take over Beaker. After Richard Hunt passed away a mm-hmm. few years later, and uh, and 
And yeah, he, it, you know, his Steve's Kermit sounded really, really rough at first, but it he eventually really he grew got into that part. It. I thought Brian Henson had taken over Kermit at one point. No, no, but Brian Henson did take over uh, okay, the, occasionally the Muppet Newsman, okay. which was one of Jim's roles. He okay. would occasionally take over Scooter. Okay, and uh, and a few others. Brian Henson originated a couple characters like. Uh, Johnny Fiamma's uh, sidekick, Sal Manila. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sal Manila. Yeah, a, a monkey. Yeah. You know, he, he would do a lot of work opposite his buddy, Bill Beretta, who they okay. met working at the Sesame Place theme park mm-hmm. just one state down from us in Pennsylvania. And that show had some amazing guest stars, too, not for like too much of a, a jarring shift of gears at the moment, but there there were some amazing people who showed up yeah. on The Muppet Show over Both the years. Both Muppet Show and Sesame Street. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, my, I think my I, Orson Welles was on the Muppet Show at one point, wasn't he? Yep. Yes, yeah. he was. Uh, I don't think he made it onto an episode, but really? he did oh, he make it onto the movie. movie. He was Although in the he movie. was in the movie. That's what Prepare that's what the thinking. standard rich and, and famous, famous contract for Kermit the Frog and his friends. Uh, hmm. There's a lot of great history. There's a lot of great entertainment. The music. You know, the fact that oh. these these people, these voice actors, were not just bringing these characters to life, but they were able to sing and perform and create music. In the personality and the voice of these characters, it's just it was, it was they were amazing. They still are. Thank God they're still amazing. James, is there a definitive book about the history of the Muppets? There's a few actually. Cool. Um, one of them, sadly, is out of print. <laughs> Jim Henson, the works, mm-hmm. bit, but you can find it at your local library. It's this big old picture book with tons of art and archival photos. There is a Jim Henson biography by Brian J. Jones that you can pretty much find at any Barnes and Noble right now. I would imagine. And there is a tremendous book on the history of Sesame Street called Street Gang, ironically enough. Mm. And it it doesn't just get into Sesame Street's history, but the history of children's educational television and puppet television before Sesame Street. They get into stuff like Kukla Fran and Ollie and Captain Kangaroo and shows with unlikely names like Ding Dong School. You know what? Before I let us go, because I'm going to head to break and then start wrapping this episode up. But before we let it go, I want to bring people's attention to something, uh, a piece of music that Jim Henson had recorded that was not Muppet related. I did not know existed until James, you brought it to my attention a couple weeks ago. TikTok sick. Yes. I listened to it the other day and I was like, this is really kind of cool. It's got that jazzy kind of 60s feel to it. And um, it's not a Muppet-related product. No. It's just him just kind of putting this this tune together. And it's lost the time. You, if you can find it on iTunes, I salute you. I think I actually found it on YouTube Yeah, because I was that's poking where, around. Yeah, that's where I had to go and, and you find sent me, it. You, what? you sent me the link. I didn't right. find it, but you, you helped me with that one. So Tick Tock Sick by Jim Henson. There's, it's not even a video. It's just him. Just It's a song that he put together. Yeah, a lot of Jim's work revolved around time. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of his uh, non-Muppet, non-puppetry productions mm-hmm. that he at least was nominated for an Oscar for mm-hmm. is called Time Piece. Interesting. Yeah, dig that up sometime. I will. Absolutely. All right. So, Billy, are you finding that particular piece of music so people can get a sample of that? Or? What was the name of it? Tick-tock Sick. Tick-tock Sick. Let me try that then. TikTok sick mm-hmm. by Jim Henson. It's crazy and when you think about it that uh, Sam and Friends TikTok sick. That, that, that'll do it. That uh, Jim... ooh, that's loud. Sam and Friends brought to you by SK. Oh, that's all I had on. That. Oh, guess not. Here we go. Oh, TikTok, TikTok. Grandfather's clock goes tick. 
Like I said, that 60s jazz kind of... Dig that clock. Swing it, clock. Dug that clock, yeah, all the way. With the one and a two and a tick. Tock, tick, tock. It's a beat that sticks with the tocks and the ticks. Need more clocks to go with the tocks, because the ticks are what? Bug me. I almost expect me wearing a black turtleneck with a beret. Clocks, with the you know, and the a cigarette and hanging out of his mouth while he's singing this what I bought. Tick, tock, a wind-up clock. A wristwatch clock. A stopwatch clock. And a alarm clock. I can go to break long. with one of my favorite muffins. There we go. Clocks, swinging in a rocket in the wee small hours I fell in. Oops, not, the, not this one. <laughs> this is a favorite Muppet, too. <laughs> Here we go. There oh. we go. Oh, yeah! <laughs> one of these days, I'm going to cosplay this character. Love this song. Love it. Can you picture that? Dr. T, you let you name him from the first Muppet movie. Yep. Jerry Nelson. Let me take your picture, add it to the mixture. Aaron is a gotcha now. Really nothing to it, anyone can do it. It's easy and we all know how. Now the games are changing, mental rearranging. Nothing's really where it's at. Now the Apple Towers holding up a flower. A game to a Texas cat. Fact is, there's nothing out there you can't do. Yeah, even Santa Claus believes in you. I love that song. I love it. It's crazy to think of. Like, now, I'm surprised, Billy, you didn't bring up Dennis Leary's bit about the Muppets as a transition. Hmm. Uh, we'll get around to it another day. I know it. I, I know that there's a... Uh, oh, crap. Who is it? There's another comedian that does a Muppet well, We're back from break. Yes, we are. Crazy to think about all the intellectual property that Disney just has. Yeah, I know it's crazy. They yes. are a monster right now. Yeah, in this time of it's it, monolithic. It is. Almost. It's amazing. Didn't they just decide not to reboot the Muppets? Uh, yes and no. There was a project in works with Josh Gad mm-hmm. that was going to be uh, on uh, Disney Plus mm-hmm. that got axed. But there is going to be a Muppets short form program called Muppets Now. Little six or seven unscripted bits, and there will be celebrity guests. Cool. S- scheduled to debut sometime next year. Okay. That's cool. That's good. That's a good thing to have in the hopper of things to think about. So, th- th- that was fun. This has been a fun episode. I'm having a blast. Just the music alone, I'm just, I'm, I'm like... Well, music is the one that kind of like just... The endorphins sets, are kicking in, man. Sets the tone for whatever you're watching, whether yeah. it's a TV show or a movie or whatever, and, and trying to watch something without any music, it's just... It's weird. Flat. There are days I tell you, and this is my my philosophical moment of the day. Oh boy. There are there are days where music is is like thousand times better than therapy. Oh yeah. Oh you absolutely. Know? You know. Uh, I tell you, my True. students they they <coughs> are like, okay, because um, I let them listen to music while they're doing independent work and things uh-huh. like that. But then if no one has headphones or whatever, I'm like, I'll throw Pandora on, and nine times out of ten, it's on my 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, mm-hmm. Station, and most of my students just either one start singing along or like, oh, 
I think I know this song. Or, <laughs> oh, actually, I like this. Or whatever. And it just it sets the tone. And then sometimes I'll put on today's hits or whatever. And mm-hmm. then it's just something that we enjoy doing at school. Do you want to support us? Do you want to love us? Do you want to basically keep pushing us to do more, be more, and bring more stuff to you? Sponsors at fc3roc.org. Email us. Let us know you want to be in on it. Also, you can find us on Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash fc3roc. We have several levels, and we will definitely customize those bad boys for you should you be interested. Throw us a little love, and we'll go from there. Hey. Please uh, join us. Please, please jo- join us. Please We've got more ideas than join money. Join us. <laughs> yes. I, seriously, that is that <laughs> James knows true. us well. <laughs> he knows us so well. All right. So we have a question of the week. We do. And it's coming at you like a spider monkey. Tanya, can you read off that question for me today? Uh, the question of the week is, what fictional mothers are the most compelling to you and why? Yes. Billy, Billy. Oh, boy. Lead us into that one. That's the one I, I've been having trouble with because there's all the classic TV moms uh-huh. that I that I grew up loving, but compelling is an interesting word. Yeah, it is always kind of. I, I so see. What I ripped these. Compelling. Well, I didn't write, write the them, question. No. I just copied it from a list and <laughs> threw it down because I copied and pasted because I thought it was interesting. Compelling is an interesting word. Uh-huh. Uh, Marge Simpson, the real mother, may have a dark side to her. Yeah. Uh, she put she's put up with Homer for. <laughs> Over 30 years. And they still haven't aged a day. Yeah. Uh, the blue hair is interesting. It's very compelling. But it, when, when I think of TV moms, my first thought is always Mrs. Brady. Mm-hmm. Some March Simpson trivia for you. Yeah. Originally. You re- are you familiar with Mac Roning's Life is Hell comics? Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. Marge was originally going to have those rabbit ears in her hair. Really? Oh, boy. Huh. Well, um, on the um, Ranker.com, the favorite TV moms of all time, Carol Brady is number one. Carol Brady's the first one I think of as a TV mom, and maybe compelling because they were never quite clear on her past. Was she was she was it TV's first divorcee or, or a widower? Because or? in the first episode of the uh, Brady Bunch, you uh, see. Uh, Bobby and and the boys are are a little worried because they miss their their original their birth mom mm-hmm. whereas with the girls you don't get an idea of their past they don't mention mm-hmm. their their father standard 60s sexism did he go away i don't know what happened to him in the movie it turned out to be rob lowe i think was he the dad in the brady bunch the second brady bunch movie with shelly long yeah i think so I think but that was... in the tv show what so what is carol martin's past before she became carol brady Maybe that's compelling. I don't know. I'm have to look that up. So I'm going to go with that. Okay. Carol Brady. Carol Brady. Was it uh, specific to fiction or just TV? I believe it was specific to fiction. Just fiction. Okay. I didn't, yeah, I didn't okay. have anything in, in mind for that. Uh, Tiny, do you have an answer at the moment? I do. Okay. Let's have your answer. My answer was Jill Taylor from Home Improvement. Okay. She was a cool character. She, she had was, to put up with Tim. Yes. And, <laughs> and three and, boys. And three boys and the neighbors and... And, <laughs> and sometimes Al. Yes. And, and just the fact of trying to keep the house running with all of that... Chaos. Chaos going mm-hmm. on and, and like Tim thinking that he could do whatever and she's like, come on. That, mm-hmm. So I, it's just off kilter, just 
out of the, the left field. Mm-hmm. Now, I imagine the couch cushions have a permanent impression of Tim Taylor's head. In oh, them. I'm sure. I'm sure, because she was always waffling him upside the head with him. So, so that's cool. More, All right, I so, was thinking more like having to sleep on that couch over <laughs> There's that too. and over. There's and that over. too. All right, so we have Carol Brady, Jill Taylor. Do you have anybody for this conversation there, young man, I Tony? I got a toss-up. Um, either Aunt May from Spider-Man okay. or um, Mrs. Weasley from uh, oh, Harry Potter. Oh. Mrs. Weasley is amazing. She is um, badass. She's probably the, the most badass person in the entire yeah. saga. Because I, uh, I see I see my own mother in uh, both of those characters mm-hmm. at uh, certain points, uh, whether it be the sage wisdom of uh, Aunt May or mm-hmm. uh, the fierce mother bear of, uh, of uh, Mama Molly Weasley. Weasley. yeah. Oh yeah, and you you know the Battle of Hogwarts is a big thing for oh, yeah. for mom. You don't expect mom to show up at, at the at the big fight, but there she is. She's mixing it up with everybody yeah. and getting in on it. You and can't have my protecting other her one, kids. You no, you can't. No, not my daughter, you bitch. That's the that's the line that always yeah. made me go, whoa, okay. <laughs> I think it made everybody go like that. Yeah. Speaking of mama bears, mm-hmm. Helen Parr of the Incredibles. There you go. Oh, yeah. There you go. Elastigirl. and. For an entirely different side of compelling, mm-hmm. a mother that compels me to have nightmares, mm-hmm. Lady Tremaine from Disney's Cinderella. Okay. All oh. right. Yeah. The classic. The classic uh, villainess. No supernatural powers. Nope. Just a no bitch. No henchfolk. Just spite. Well, I heard the daughters are hench. Those yeah. are her henchfolk. Uh, or, true. You know, she's got henchwomen. But not, not in the same sense as, say, a Horace and Jasper for true. Cruella DeVille. True. You got me on that one. So, hang on just a second. Okay. So, all right. So, we've got Carol Brady, Jill Taylor, Molly Weasley. Uh, who else? Uh, Aunt May. Aunt May and... Helen Parr. Helen Parr. Now, I'm going to take this one and turn it on its ear because the compelling mother that came to my mind when I wrote this question down, I started laughing at myself. Patricia Adams? Nope. Well... <laughs> That's another good Jeez, one. That's a great one. That's a fantastic one. And timely. And very timely with the with the animated feature with uh, Charlize Theron coming out. Um, and I, and she would definitely be on my list. No, I'm talking about the central computer of the Nostromo in Alien. Oh. The computer oh. that basically that's mother? called Mother, and it basically kills the entire crew <laughs> because know, I was actually it's just following orders. Bits and pieces of Alien Covenant. Yeah. A couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I saw a lot of it like that. Yeah, you know, hiding your hi- yeah. eyes behind your hand. I'm like, oh. Oh. But I, but I called it that it, that it was uh, Walter, not or Daniel, not Walter, or mm-hmm. whatever in Alien Covenant. Mm-hmm. I called it at the end. Walter Jones, the uh, Black Ranger? Yeah. He was just in town yeah, a little was. while ago. Missed that guy. He was cool. Yep. Um, so, yes, there's my vote for a mother. compelling mother is mm. the, the central computer of the Nostromo. I'm Quick just, honorable mention. The Mother series of video games mm-hmm. from Nintendo here, no, here in the states, known as Earthbound. There you go. Okay, that's got Tony laughing, so it's a very good answer. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally love Morticia Adams. She is amazing. That's, that's an amazing one. character. Um, so and, yeah, that's and, good. And my honorable mention will probably have to be Caroline Ingalls. There you go, Caroline Ingalls from Little House, House on the Prairie. Prairie. Hmm. Talk about somebody who had to put up with a lot of garbage. <laughs> she definitely. Uh, what are some other mothers out there? Um, in, uh... Claire Huxtable. Okay. Marianne Cunningham. Marianne Cunningham, please. Yeah. Happy days, man. Kitty Mrs. Foreman. C. Okay. Lucy Ricardo. Uh-huh. June, hey, Lucy. You got some June Cleaver. That was one of the ones that I went to. Mm-hmm. Ricky, why won't you let me sing on this show? <laughs> Wilma. Oh, Wilma. Mm-hmm. And Jane Jetson, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Uh, Samantha Stevens from Bewitched. Absolutely. Edith Bunker. Who? All in the Family. Oh, no. All in the Family. Okay. He's too young for that. Sorry. Either that or too much of a dingbat. Peggy Bundy. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, Sophia Petrillo from uh, Golden Girls. Oh, Golden Girls. Mm. I love Golden Girls. Uh, Elise Keaton. From Family Ties. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Jane Johnson is number 23. Um, Maggie Seaver from, was it Growing Pains? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Lois Griffin. Betty Family Rubble. Guy. <laughs> Betty Rubble, maybe the first uh, mother of an adopted child on TV. Oh, yeah? Bam Bam was adopted. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Really? Huh. That's cool. Huh. That's very forward thinking. Um, Let's see. Give me two more. Uh, A mother figure, Edna Garrett from The Facts of Life. Okay. And one more. Definitely. Um, Let's see. Uh, Caitlin Stark. <laughs> compelling mother. Yep. Yeah, compelling. <laughs> they did not do or, enough in or, the TV show or, with Lady uh, Stoneheart. Khaleesi, Mother of Dragons. There you go. There you go. We, go. If you if we do a Game of Thrones podcast, I'd love to be back for that. I do want to go back to that one because we we touched on it a while ago, a um, couple seasons ago. But I definitely want to go back. Now that it's all have, complete, we have Monk's number. We have Monk's number. Okay, so we're gonna call her in a little while. All right. So now so, we wrap it up. This has been Monkey Business Post for the week. Post to your, uh, our page, yeah. what's your most compelling mother from the TV series? you got to let us know. Could be someone from a book. True. A movie. Also true. Or a comic book. Or a comic book. Or a video game. Or your own mother. Maybe you have a psycho one that you just want to talk about. Christopher. And this has been Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, coming at you like a spider monkey in... in the- the, the spring. The spring of 2020 at the Total Sports Experience. We could do that now. That's a thing. Because we, it's it's going to be out of the bag by the time this, we, we post this. <laughs> I hope it. so. It is. It will be. I and if it is, then, then, I'll never, then, then I'll have Billy edit it. It's fine. <laughs> follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us to wherever we go. And we will lead you to where the entertainment is. And it's here today. It is definitely here today. And remember to go listen to your favorite music. Definitely some madness.